What's up, guys? Welcome to the Culture Sports Podcast. It's your boy TK along with my ace, my my co-host, my dog, the one and only unapologetic geek, Mr. Jarius Thomas. What's up, bruh? What it do, my friend? What it do? How's it going, bro? Oh man, I'm I'm good, man. We we made it through the, the, the ice storm, uh, you know, snowstorm, whatever you want to call it, down here in Texas, man. And first of all, just let me say, uh, man, I, I feel so bad for you know the people who who were, were without, the people who's trapped outside, you know, homeless, the people who you know still didn't have power after two three days, no water. Uh, Ercot, you should be ashamed of yourself. The state of Texas, you should be ashamed of yourself. Ted Cruz, you are the goddamn devil. Oh um, man, you know, bro, it, it was it it was rough on everybody. Some of us had it better than others. Uh, you know, man, my my family came out fine. Didn't have any busted pipes or anything like that. But, bro, Texas is not built for what 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 hit it. And I'm just thankful we made it through, bro. Yeah, I was actually a little bit shocked as as far as like you know the the uh, reaction or the uh, the government reaction there as to what happened. I would think you know being such a large state and such a profitable state that there would be more experience you know or equipped to handle something like this than you know say where we're both from mississippi so i was i was surprised to hear all those stories about the millions being without power and all of that it was just it was beyond me right bro like the nation's biggest energy supply and producer right. sitting in the dark right yeah that makes, no that sense. makes sense bro it doesn't it doesn't i got nothing for you uh you know I, like i said man i'm, I'm just glad you know, we getting back to some normalcy, bro. And uh, I, I hope they learn from this, man, and and able to move forward. Um, you know, I know next time I'm gonna hop on on a plane to Cancun to say I was dropping my kids off instead of sitting here <laughs> freezing. Super trash. Super. God damn. Well, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? One thing I can say about about um, Trump is one thing that that he kind of ushered in was a little bit more transparency when it comes to politics, which came with a lot more media coverage of all political figures. And you really get to see how how shitty a lot of these people are. And that's the one thing I can say that that came from his his tenure as president. Yeah, I, you know, I agree, man. And it's because he, for one, he he craved attention, anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's it was all good until they they really started coming after you. Then it's it, it delved into what it yeah it yeah. delved what it delved into. <laughs> but that's neither here nor that. And Ted Cruz is trash, so yeah. You know. The more you know. Now, you know what else is trash, bro? What what else is trash is a lot of this shit and situations going on down in Jackson, bro, surrounding Prime, man. Oh man. Like look, <laughs> yeah, um, 
So when it when it comes to to um and I know I, I said before this I was gonna have a little bit of a culture shot about this, but I'll get into it right now. Uh one of my favorite lines uh from and as an unapologetic geek, yes, I'm bringing up a comic book. Uh, from Spider-Man is with great power comes great responsibility. A lot of the old heads may know this as uh, to whom much is given, much is required. Both Jackson State and Coach Prime have great power. And as I just stated, it comes with great responsibility. We're in the great responsibility phase of their courtship. And I think it was greatly irresponsible that um, Coach Prime handled their press conference the way he did. And he got, he sat down, he just goes into, yeah, the kids played well, defense played well, you know, and, but just imagine, you know, going through all that emotion and, and enjoying that win. And then somebody tells you that your, your things have been stolen, and, you know, that you didn't get a chance to, call your mom or call your kids to share that moment with you and then he got the game ball and all of that. I'm I I'm I have no issue with him being angry. Let me just make that clear. I'm with him as far as, you know, having all of that high drained out of you with news that your stuff was missing. That somebody, you know, broke into your office. I get that completely. The problem comes in the next line where he says, here at Jackson State, you know, we strive for excellence. In so many words, I'm not quoting him directly, we strive for excellence. And then he goes into, that comes from the players to the coaches, all the way to the security staff. So you threw not only the security staff under the bus at that moment, but because you mentioned Jackson State at the top of the statement, you've also thrown the university under the bus. Right. And to quote my good friend, Leslie, Jackson State does not deserve that. Jackson State, for anybody that's from Jackson, Mississippi, knows that Jackson State is kind of what is keeping Jackson afloat as a whole in a lot of ways. Between the jobs, between the the money that the athletics programs bring in, it's helping bring revenue into Jackson. It's the reason why teams travel back and forth to come in to pour in more revenue into the city a lot of the times. So it was just, it was wholly unfair for him to, to you know, kind of go after Jackson State in that way. And it's, again, it's a great responsibility. You have to be more responsible as a coach. You can't react as you would as prime time. Now it's time to be Coach Dion, not just Dion Sanders, but Coach Dion you kind of have to handle some things with stride. I enjoy Deion Sanders. I'm a fan of his. And, and But as an alumnus of Jackson State, I found what he said a little bit problematic. And with that, I'll kick it back to you. Dog, that whole, ser- that whole series is just weird as, as, as all get out, bro. Like, you know, it broke that his stuff was stolen, then it broke that it was just moved and it was just, you know, man. And I'm, I'm like you said, I, I agree with the being angry part, but here's where it, it was problematic for me. 
Um, it's like he has an inability to separate himself, the, the 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 parts of himself. Like you have, first of all, Dion has been primed since you know Jerry Curls and tracksuits, you know, back at FSU. Like you I remember, think he was prime on the streets, man. Like when he, when he was growing up, I think he was prime. But go ahead. Yeah, well, you know. He didn't get that name, you know, that persona until officially until then, you know what I'm saying? But like he's always been bombastic, dog. You know, remember, and I'm loosely quoting the, the whole thing where they they talked about somebody wanted him to to run the forty or whatever, and they picked <laughs> I think tenth or twelfth. He just said, like, "I ain't I ain't running nothing because I ain't gonna be there." Right you know, in yeah. the draft to pick me or whatever it was. Like he's always had this bigger than life personality, dog. This attention grabbing persona. And I'm seeing like he he has a a in my opinion, it's like a hard time turning Prime off and turning Coach Dion on. I completely agree with that. Like Again, he he came out. He was mad. I, I get that. At, at that particular moment, Coach Dion should have been talking about those kids, talking about his first ever victory as a head coach in his first tenure. You know, in the tenure at Jackson State uh, as a coach. Period. Head coach. Period. In, in that in that level, uh, you know, he did you know, well, Prime Academy. He was coached there, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it should have been. That, didn't that turn into uh, oh. a bit of controversy? I remember that. Yeah, boy, that, that turned into a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. yeah I remember that. But, you know, it, it should have been about those kids, them, you know, smacking uh, the neck off of that team 53 nothing. Mm-hmm. It should have been about, you know, celebration and, and, and whatnot. And instead, all the talk surrounded him blasting Jackson, him blasting, you know, the security, him blasting, you know, what happened in his usual bigger than life outlandish prime way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and, and don't get me wrong, though, I get it. I done had my shit broken into, and I, I, I was mad as all hell, and that's right. all I could think about, but I wasn't the coach of a of a football program with a platform as big as his, you know. And, and dog, like Jackson already has enough negativity in in the public space surrounding exactly. his name. Exactly. Like, don't don't add to it, dog. Yeah, it's there, you know. And and then uh, you look at Bleacher Report. It was one of the Bleacher Report covered did a fantastic job covering the game itself. Um, and there were moments where I had to step away and I was actually able to keep up with the coverage on Bleacher Report. But they followed up with that story and they stuck with that story. Then you had it on First Take and on Undisputed and all these other shows. And it, it, was, just, it was a bad look. It was a bad look. It's the first damn game. Mind you, gratefully, a lot of those places were unaware that he was robbed once before with the whole boombox situation. Um, and then 
you know, I have a source that was kind of close to the, which of course we would have one because <laughs> we're from there. But I have a source that was close to it. I can't, of course, give any names or anything like that. The way I was told the incident unfolded is there was a guy um, who maybe um, may have a disability of some sort who got into the office and was taking the things. And then uh, he was seen by Dion's assistant, which Dion revealed on Twitter. And, you know, the guy was, became frantic, tried to run off, security called him. They got his things back. That, I don't believe, it may have been the assistant or maybe, some, maybe someone else on coaches, uh, Coach Prime's uh, staff who put those things up. And I don't believe the assistant, it, I, now I'm thinking about it, it may not have been insistent. I don't think they were immediately aware that the things had been moved from where they were originally. Um, and they detained the individual, kind of saw that he probably wasn't in the right state of mind, and they let him go. And uh, just kind of tried to wash it under or sweep it under the rug, just, you know, whatever. But someone from Coach Prime staff told him about it. He didn't have all of the information that led to the press conference or whatever. One thing that I've seen um, coming through this or coming from this is people kind of suggesting it is a publicity stunt. Let me start by saying that, no, let's just dismiss that altogether. Prime was it's a guy who does not need more publicity. Him just being him is quite enough. He's not an attention whore of some sort that just needs to stay in the limelight, like some A-list actor or something like that. No, that's not what he is. But someone did raise something uh, or, or a point up that I found interesting. They said that you don't really see him talk about his players or what's going on on the field as much as you see him talk about things going on in Jackson as far as like crime and, and elements like that or trying to elevate the city. And they're suggesting that maybe he's feeding his own ego and saying, I'm going to be the guy that saves Jackson. And the suggestion that that is his agenda is one that I can't easily dismiss, especially when you you kind of go over, you know, prior press conferences and discussions and things and, and quotes that, that are out there. It kind of looks like it's less about football and more about the city, which that's a slippery slope in and of itself. I'm for Jackson being elevated. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not sure of how, uh, how for it getting kind of uh, thrown under the bus before being elevated. I'm, I'm not sure where I stand on that um, because I would, I would more so like for him to embrace the beauty of it. Jackson has excellent cuisine. Boy, it's an excellent place, you know, to to eat at. There's a lot of culture in Jackson. There's a, a solid music and rap scene in Jackson. There are so many other things that you can discuss, but the national media usually gets a hold of what? Crime. It's all crime, murder, kill, kill, obesity, all those types of things. And I would love for Prime to use his platform to elevate that if he so chooses to, you know, speak about Jackson more so than to, like I saw an Instagram post, he saw something about a murder and basically said, Jackson, we got to do better. Like, come on, man. 
come on, we already know that. Let's, and I'm not saying sweep that stuff under the rug. Of course, hold those people accountable. But I need you to elevate Jackson as well in the same breath. I agree, dog. It it's almost getting to a point where you you you, you damn they gonna go Laura Ingraham on them and like, look, shut up and coach. Like, <laughs> oh man, not not to shut up and coach, man. I, I mean, dog, cause like you said, man, it 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 feels almost like. An admonishment, you know, a wagging of the finger to to the city mm-hmm. and his residents, like day in and day out. When you when you see him, bro, and, and that's and I, I and I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying that's that's the sentiment that's that's growing week by right. week. You know, right, I can see it from not just Jacksonians, but you know, Mississippians. Because he, here's the thing, bro. Um, there was a huge level of excitement first for the city of Jackson and for Jackson State alumni and Jackson State students and players. Huge when, when he got the job. Mm-hmm. But for those of us who who not from Jackson or didn't go to Jackson State but understand the game and the game within the game, there was a huge level of excitement from us as well right. because it honestly could be a a game changer a life altering situation if he pulls just off in a major way not just for Jackson State but for HBCUs period for you know the city of Jackson and, and it would have an impact on an economic level never seen before Hmm. And like since he, and you know, we talked about it since day one, and and I've been saying this, and you notice know the power of prime, right. right? Right. Like, first of all, bro, these dudes is on TV six times this year. Six. Can you even count six times they was on a national platform total, let alone in one one season? Yeah, I can. So you got that, and then, like I said, if he wins, dog, now you got it, it goes to a whole different level, you know. Yeah, if he, especially if he wins like more than one time, yeah, you know, I, I'm talking about the whole swag now. If he means the swag, because I think he's gonna be very, there about three years minimum. Um, and, and if he wins the swag. Twice, let alone three times. Oh, uh, it, it what it does for the swag as a whole can't even be measured. Right, and like, and then you know, don't mess around and let him beat two, three D one teams. You know what I'm saying? So now you look at and. and and I'm, 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 bro, I'm, I'm hoping in my, in my mind, I'm like, man, I hope he goes in year one, creates this culture of winning, and they come out and smack, you know, people around, and he get, you know, two or three players drafted somewhere in the top three or four rounds. Now you're looking at the whole landscape of college football, 
he already being changed. He and had, we, what, we've the, seen it happening a little bit now. Yeah, he has the what the number eighty four recruiting class, right? And uh, yeah, and that's a big deal. Like to the point where there's never or it hasn't happened before, and it's just been a super long time. I believe it hasn't happened before though. Where uh, um, not a in our lifetime school, yeah, a non D one school made it into the top one hundred recruiting classes, and he's not even playing with his players right now. He's going to start playing with his players that he recruited what in the fall, if I'm right. not mistaken. So I mean, it's it's a lot to be excited about, but man, we we don't need this. We don't need the the extra. To me, I would have liked it if he never mentioned it in the press. He just waited. He held everything in, and he just he unleashed outside of that. But you couldn't get a direct quote. When by unleashed, I mean he only unleashed, you know, how he felt with his inner circle with his family. And then, like we may have found out about the burglary or whatever, but then the story ended with, but his things were recovered, and we just moved on. It just it turned into something it shouldn't have. I agree. I, I wish it would have just been, you know, he he came in, found out about it, knocked the press conference out when you had every, like, dog, they they had more press credentials yeah. down there than at any time. Yeah. You know, he he talked about the team, talked about the players, talked about the win. Then when it was all over, said and done with, behind closed doors, he went slapped the, the hell off, and that was that. Then if it did leak out, Okay, they asked him about it down the line. No comment. Exactly. That's nothing to talk about. And keep it moving. That's and keep it. it moving. Like, man, you can't show out in front of company, dog, especially when yeah. so much is on the line. And I ain't like that at all. Yeah. Now, uh, hey, but, but before I get off this subject, I, I wish them all the best, man, and all the success. I hope they go undefeated and, and just run through the game and just, you know, and I, I do hope this isn't a, a, a one-year thing for him just to show I can coach like, um, who's that, Feinbaum? Yeah. Paul Feinbaum's talking about this is stepping, stepping stone. I mean, no no shit, dog. Like, let's be real. It's Dion, bro. We, we, we know this. We knew this going into it. Come on now. Do better, Paul. Yeah. But, uh, so from 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 one gigantic name and personality to the the next, dog. Did you did you see the the, the video with Cam at the camp? Dude, when I first saw that, first of all, I was like, okay, who the hell is this kid? Secondly, I thought they were playing, you know, and going back and forth. But then the kids started bringing up. Um, Start bringing up you're a free agent, and then he told Cam he was ass, and I was like, oh, hey, dog. I was just waiting for his dad or something to come up in there and be like, man, what the, what the fuck are you talking to? You know what I mean? Cam handled that much better than I would have. I'll say that, and and judging from comments and what I saw on Black Twitter. Cam handled it much better than a lot of us would have in that moment. Cam asked about, you know, where the kid's dad was. And some people misinterpreted it as him taking a shot at, you know, like the kid being fatherless. No, 
both the kids' father and mother is in his life. Cam was saying, let me talk to an adult because I'm not about to be on camera going back and forth with a kid. Give me the opportunity to talk to the adult and let him know, look, you need to get your son together. He tripping out here. Um, but it, it, it goes, I, this has to be generational, right? Like these kids coming up now, bruh. Oh, what this sense of entitlement, and, and a lot of it I blame on how the media is covering covering high school kids now. They make them look like superstars, and they kind of started while I was in high school. But now it's just ridiculous. Like I don't mind players having the empowerment. I don't mind that at all. But when you come out there and you're talking with all this swag to a Heisman Trophy winner and an NFL MVP, a man who played in the Super Bowl, rookie and you calling him ass, rookie of the year, and you calling him ass, man, to his face at his tra- at his camp, his seven-on-seven camp, you going to come and disrespect him like that and be unapologetic about it? Come on, man. Come on, like. <laughs> Especially with those highlights you got. Oh, my God. And then, but that was the thing when, when you and I discussed. I said it's best now at this point that his parents get him ready for media attention because he's exposed himself and as sure as I'm black. After we talked about that, his highlight tapes came up. And ladies and gentlemen, they are not impressive. I don't know where he got this confidence from. And I saw on, on Undisputed, LeVar Arrington said something to the effect of, at their camps, you know, kids kind of go back and forth with the NFL players like this. Dog, it's cool if y'all playing, I guess. I still I still don't like it all that much. But it's cool if y'all playing. But this dude is calling Cam Newton ass with his highlight tapes. Like, yeah, we're getting to the point where we got to stop pandering to these kids. Like, and I'm all for progressive parenting and all that kind of stuff. I'm in no way saying whoop the child or whatever, even though these kids do need ass whoopings. That nigga needed a belt. He did. He definitely needed a belt. But I am saying it, it kind of goes back to um, oh, what's the linebacker's name from the Steelers? Uh, James Harrison. James Harrison. The participation award thing. I was completely on his side with it. Like, what are we pandering to? We're not. We're not going to elevate second place in that way. Yes, build confidence in your child, but tell them, hey, participation trophies, that's not where it's at. We're we're winners. We're going out to win. And when a kid with that highlight tape feels like he has the swagger to come up to a a former uh, NFL MVP and Heisman Trophy winner and rookie of the year and thinks he can talk like that and call him ass, dog, that's a problem. We got to send these kids crashing back down to earth, man. Seriously, it was one of the most single disrespectful displays of behavior I've seen in the sports media. And, and this kid is nothing but 16 years old. I, I don't I don't feel like he should get a lot of the heat that he's getting because he's a kid and, and he should be brushed off as doing something stupid. But it's here now and it's his fault. And like I said, I think his family should get him ready for the media attention that he's going to have. And this is going to follow him for the rest of his playing days. And he better get in the gym and on the field 
and work his ass off to be as good as he made himself out to be in that video. Listen, dog. First of all, let, 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 let me start off by saying that one thing that I I hope happens is that he truly, really, truly learns from this. Um, it got, The thing about it, and I know, you know, we talking about it, we feel a certain type of way, um, but we, we not like going overboard with the criticism because, you know, what we're criticizing is very warranted. Now, I just, I, I, I look at this situation with the, with the feeling and understanding that we, and you know who we are, mm-hmm. we are not allowed to outlive our mistakes uh, you know, the mistakes that we make, whether we are, you know, a kid or an adult, like we, we never get to, to break free from, from those, you know, chains of, of mistakes. Right. And I just sincerely hope that us, we don't constantly and forever ding this kid, um, you know, for his childish behavior and his, his stupid mistake. Um, but again, he deserved the criticism. He he deserved the belt. He honestly deserved to get his ass kicked out of that camp. Yeah, and, and you know, sent home. Again, that's some more discretion that Cam showed that I just I just wouldn't have had. Right. <laughs> I just I'm sorry, man. And you know, and then you 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 get the the half ass apology. Yeah, there's um, somebody wrote for him. Yeah, and and whoever wrote that then they came out better letting the child write it because <laughs> you know your grown ass almost wrote makes that. you think which almost makes you think maybe he did right. Like if if a, if a grown up wrote that and thought you know this was it, it wasn't. It it, <laughs> it made it you know worse than what it already was. But like you said, man, I hope, buddy. Gets in that gym. I hope he, you know, shut up and and grind and work moving forward. Because not only will you know media and and, and all of that, like this will forever be attached to his name. Oh yeah, and it can it can go two ways. It could be like this is a kid who did this this and this. He had a prime opportunity to learn football from one of the best. And now he's struggling in life. It could have been right. different if he didn't do this, right? Or it could be, man, this is a kid that did this, this, and this at at Cam's camp, and he learned from it and grew from it, and now he's, you know, primed to go in the top two rounds of the draft because right. he he grew up and he learned from his mistakes. Like the story can go either way, you know. But uh it all starts and ends with him and what he does moving forward. And again, like I said, I, I hope he learned from it. But them kids on the field when they play him, boy, they gonna be relentless right. on him. Ruthless. He better be ready for it, man. Like they ain't gonna let him live it down. Let it let him fuck around and get burnt. Get get embarrassed on the field, like 
I'm gonna be on YouTube, man. That's what I don't want. I don't, I don't want the kid to, to, you know, have to go through that. But this is smoke that he asked for, bro. <laughs> like, let's not let that go underst- understated. It was smoke that he asked for. Right. Like, I mean, like you can't, you can't light the match and then complain when it get too hot. Exactly. And and he, <laughs> he did it. I just, I just hope he ready, dog. Because, yeah. bro. So check this out, man. Um, on our last episode, we talked about which two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We was talking about the Super Bowl. Was it two weeks? Whatever it was, we was talking about the Super yeah. Bowl, and we was talking about how Russ was sitting in the stands and <laughs> and seeing the way that uh, Pat was getting terrorized in real time. It did something to her. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we, you know we we kind of laughed and joked about it and whatever. And lo and behold, here we are, and it's like you you look at everywhere you seeing like this this the dynamic of their relationship and by them talking about Russ and the Seahawks, it's deteriorated and like he, you know, he wanted out or. He like it's well, bad. Yeah, like like it's bad, and I I don't know how true it all is because you know how shit get twisted in in media, whatever. But it was like I saw one that's, that talked about how how um, Russ had ideas on how to fix the offense, and 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 all his ideas and input was dismissed by the coaches and. You know how he got this belief about Coach Carroll and his sons. You know, yeah. don't answer to anybody. Like, dog, that was the one that tripped me out, man. It was about the sons being involved. I didn't even know that was a thing. Exactly. Like now, you got all this stuff coming out, and bro, <laughs> dog, I'm gonna tell you something, man. <laughs> I think Tom Brady started some shit, man. <laughs> because not only did he get to go where he wanted to go, which, I mean, as a free agent, of course, that was going to be the case. But also, he got to choose who the hell he wanted to choose to come play with him. And the three people that he chose scored touchdown, all three of them, in the Super Bowl. And Russ seeing it, seeing on one side, one guy who was able to choose or call his shot, and on the other side, a guy who didn't have an offensive line to protect them. We joked about it then, but yeah, it definitely did something to And to hear that that Russ has been for quite some time uh, trying to get the weapons that he wants around him or the help that he wants around him, and they falling on deaf ears. To hear that, of course, that's problematic. Um it kind of confirms what we kind of already knew about Pete Carroll, but I, the whole thing about the Suns being involved, it, it's lunacy. And with every year, yeah, he'll, Russ will get, you know, wide receivers and things like that. But his offensive line has gotten progressively weaker. And then Pete Carroll is married to running the football with this weakened line instead of passing it. And if you look at the beginning of the year last year, Russ was killing. Like he was the the early MVP 
candidate. Yes. That's who everybody had winning. And if you look midway through, they went back to running the ball, and it really wasn't effective. And Russ kept them afloat, but they needed to do more than just run the ball. So he's running an archaic system anyway. And then you hear Pete Carroll and, and people in the front office and all of that dismissing what Russ wants. Yeah, he had no choice but to go public. What I didn't realize is how bad it was going to get. And, like, it's it's rough to the point where I'm seeing some insiders thinking that a, a trade is imminent, like, within the next couple of weeks. Russ is going to be out of there. The funniest part about all of this and what kind of makes me feel like this is all true, Russ's camp came out and said, no, we have not asked for a trade. But they followed it up by saying, but if you do trade us, we would like to go to the Saints, the Cowboys, the Bears, the Jets, and there was what? You can just stop right there. (laughs) That's where we we would like to go. These are the trade destinations that we would approve of. Um, I just, I don't know, man. This, this between him and Deshaun Watson, now it's become an arms race to get a quarterback that can get you to the Super Bowl. And we talked about this before. You not only need a quarterback that can get you to the Super Bowl, you really need a quarterback that can beat Pat Mahomes and that that um, Kansas City offense. That's what you need. And the teams that are being listed by both sides are teams that could do that. So. I'm going to kick it back to you. Shit, where does Russ end up? Well, you already know where I I want him to end up. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm going to tell you where I don't want him to end up. I think we we both had the same idea. Go ahead. Dog, if this man somehow lands in Dallas, Texas. Oh, my God. Like, we'll never hit... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll never hear the end of this shit, man. Like, ever. We ain't heard we them boys in almost two years, dog. <laughs> they been quiet, but as sure as I'm black, if they get Russell Wilson, they back, man. They back, and they back hard. And like... And to be honest, though, <laughs> they would have some legitimacy with oh, yeah. they, they back. Like, I ain't gonna even lie. Uh, Russ with with that caliber of weaponry and that caliber of line. Yeah. Like like if that line stay healthy, yeah. dog, that line stay healthy, they they top three. He win the MVP. He'll get his MVP award with that with that team. Um that's my worst destination, but it and the reason why it's so scary is they can't give Dak Prescott that to the Seahawks and some picks. They can only if he like signs. Only if he signs. Um, I like the Jets, just like I liked them for Deshaun after you talked to me. I like that one. Chicago, that would get Allen Robinson to come back. And Chicago would immediately be an elite team if he were to go there. The Saints one makes a ton of sense. The Saints should give everything they have to get him. But Sean Garrett, not Sean Garrett, I'm sorry. Um, what's, their, what's their coach's name? Uh, God damn it. 
For who? Oh, for the Saints. Um, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. His affection for Taysom Hill is going to keep him from doing the right thing and going to get Russell Wilson. I'm quite certain. So, His affection with Taysom Hill won't even let him play Jameis, bro. Exactly. Jameis is better than him. I don't care what nobody say. Jameis with new eyes is better than Taysom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just – I really don't know where it's going to go. And then – it, it immediately impacts what Deshaun is trying to do, right? Because Deshaun, some of those teams that are coming up are the same. But the last team that's intriguing that you're definitely going to hate, he said he wanted to go to the Miami Dolphins as well. He also brought up the Oakland Raiders, which I hate because then not only would I have Pat Mahomes in my team's division, but I also have Russell Wilson. Listen, man, Deshaun said Miami too. I, exactly. I don't. I don't want either one of them in Miami. I want them to keep Tua, and not that I think Tua is a bad quarterback or anything like mm-hmm. that. But Tua ain't Russ, and Tua ain't Deshaun right, right now. So, like, <laughs> like, like you know, with Tua, man, I expect I expect him to be some. You know, by the time he hit his third year, right, two more seasons. Mm-hmm. Miami get either one of them. They 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 doing something. Perennial favorites, right? Within the next couple years, they probably looking at the title. Seriously, like so so now nah, hell no, nah, I don't want either one of them down there. Um, but my my here's the thing, man. Like people talked about how when golf got traded and when Stafford got traded, and and you know. The, the the picks and stuff that they got in the conversation of the teams got for them, mm-hmm. those two didn't affect Deshaun. You know his his market ain't their market, but That's Russ right. is Russ will affect Deshaun because he yeah he he's thirty. Uh, th- what is he thirty? Is he thirty? 30, 31, something. I believe so, yeah. He's in his 30s. Just say 30. I can't remember off the top of my head. Right. But he still has that cachet, dog. He's he's still Russ. And like we see with, with Brady almost 60, you know, somebody <laughs> get, get Russ and keep him up right. Russ right. can go 10, 10, 11, 12 years. He can. He can, man. He can because – that's one like huge knock is how how often he gets hit, but and he doesn't he doesn't throw turnovers for one thing. He doesn't fumble the ball, nor does he throw interceptions. He's avoided a ton of 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 uh, hits over the course of his career, so he's he's relatively fresh and he has had no major injuries. So yeah, Russ could play about as as long as Tom. Right. So. You know, somebody willing to give up three picks, you know, players like that's 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 feasible. That's that's the going rate. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's giving up three first for Stafford and, and golf. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the only other the only other quarterback that that could have an effect on, on the, the market was if Dallas was exploring a sign and trade for Dak. Right. 
And, and, and speaking of Dak, dog, did you did you hear about uh God, what's what's the quarterback that's on ESPN, ex quarterback? I can't stand his ass, man. The one that stepped out of the back of the end zone when he was playing. Olofsky? Yeah. Saying no, that they, shit is hilarious, man. They, they shouldn't they, they, pay. They shouldn't pay Dak. Talking about Dak is good, but he don't deserve. Like, bro, first of all, you don't get on that talking about what another man deserves. Not with not with your biggest highlight, then you run out of back of the end zone. Nah, you can't you can't get on that. And then but and a lot of what I like is about those former players that have spoken on it, they all lead with Look, I'm not telling nobody how to count their money, you know, or I'm not counting another man's money and stuff like that. That I can respect. And then they get into their opinion. But for you to just flat out say this man don't deserve to get paid, hell no, nah, shut the fuck up, man. Come on. Come on, dog. And they definitely deserves to get paid. Now, whether he'll get you to the promised land or not, that's, you know, that's debatable. But he definitely deserves to get paid for what he's done for the Dallas Cowboys. But this the same as as Russ. Before Dak got hurt last year, Dak was was like top three in everything: mm-hmm. yards, completions, touchdowns. Um, so th- this whole notion that he, he can't lead you, like I, the biggest problem he had was Jason Garrett was just terrible. <laughs> like let's be let's be real here. Yeah, Jason Garrett was terrible. You know, um, and to be honest, I'm not too fond of of um, McCarthy neither, man. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, he, I, I just think about what Dak would be if he had somebody like Sean McVay, or even or even John Gruden. What he would be, Andy Reid, my God, I can like, see yeah. that. Yeah, like a coach, a coach of that caliber. Yeah, but McCarthy and Sean Garrett, nah, nah. So, 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 check this out. Like, like Dak last season before he got hurt, bro. Okay, Dak played in in five games, and in those five games, Dak. I'm gonna just go order from first to 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 the fifth. Dak threw for 266, 450, 472, 502, and 166 was when he got hurt. Damn. Yeah, he was yeah, he was getting it done. They're right. still losing, but it wasn't because of him. Like, dog, they they scored in 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 weeks two, three, and four. Dak led the offense to 40 points, 31, and 38 points. And they lost two of the three. Hmm. And they barely beat Atlanta 40 to 39. Oh my God. That game right there. That game, it did, didn't Atlanta go on a streak where they just kept choking away yeah. <laughs> leads and stuff like that? Like, yeah. Yeah, I remember that first game. It was but, because Dallas was down big and he led them mm-hmm. back. Right. So yeah, you you know, just this whole idea of people. Like I don't understand the, the the way people trash Dak, dog. Like mm-hmm. even cowboy fans, like I don't know who what y'all looking at, man. Like Dak ain't been y'all problem. 
Exactly. But your defense been the problem. Your play calling been the problem. But I tell you what, if I take it in a heartbeat. Well, I'll take on. that. No, nah, I got I got Herbert. Well, you got it. Y'all got a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, we got a quarterback. But yeah. like as of right now, if if Dallas was to do a sign and trade, well, Dak is making 35 million a year, and we had to give up two first round picks, I would be on that without question. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But you know, we them we them boys fans, whatever. Please don't let him go there. <laughs> Please don't let him go there, man. God forbid if he won the Super Bowl there. Nah, we would never hit the end of it. Like, oh. had the folks screaming, we them boys, was like six years old the last time they won. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. And, and they they screaming the loudest. So, <laughs> I, I uh uh-uh. uh. Like, I don't want to see it I, at, at all. At all. <laughs> Speaking of, of not wanting to want to see something, man, um, it's a lot of folks don't want to see LeBron win his next ring, bro. Um, <laughs> totally. It, it, I, I count you as one of those people. Yeah. No, I, I, hold on, hold on. I'm not a LeBron hater. I I don't mind it. No, come on. Now. But it's his it's his damn fans, man. <laughs> It's his face. <laughs> they are so annoying. And like you can't say anything bad about him. You can't be critical. You really can't even say anything. I've seen people get into it while praising LeBron with some of his fans because I guess it wasn't enough praise. But I don't mind him winning another ring. Well, when you look at it right now, and I, I know the last episode we we said we was on Braun watch for number five. Mm-hmm. That was before AD got hurt. And these last, this last week or so, or whatever it was, the Brooklyn Nets have won four or five in a row. No, they have won eight in a row. Eight in a row? Eight in a row. (laughs) Eight in a row, they surging. Uh, Up until last night, the Lakers was on the slide. Uh, they finally beat Portland last night, but they had lost four or five in a row. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> your boy Kyrie just been acting up. He has been unruly. First, he took – he also took a shot at the Cavaliers and the uh, Celtics. But one of my favorite things that I saw that he did was when they actually played the Lakers and there was a technical foul and Braun was chosen to shoot the free throw and he missed it. And you heard Kyrie said, that was y'all best free throw shooter. <laughs> and he's laughing as he's walking off. Like, dog, let me tell you something, man. The Lakers, first of all, they better hope that the Jazz run out of steam by the time they play against each other. They also need to hope that the Clippers are still fraudulent if they were to go against each other. But if they are to make it out the West, if they play against Brooklyn, they need to hope that Philadelphia eliminates Brooklyn. Because if they play against Brooklyn, Kyrie, Harden, and KD are all going to average over 30 points (laughs) together collectively. And they're going to get blown out. 
not because, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are that much better than the Lakers, but because you have two people who hate LeBron so much that they are going to become supremely efficient at scoring for an entire series. The Brooklyn Nets are one of those teams that I have a hard time seeing a lot of other teams beat four times, which is the requirement to move on. There may be some times where you get a lot of offense off and you score a lot, but they're getting better defensively. They have so much firepower, and it kind of reminds me of the Golden State Warriors when KD was there. They have so much firepower. It's hard to see all of those shooters have bad games four times, which is what you need to beat that team. The Nets look really good right now. And I know it's still the regular season, but – People who watch the game and watch the NBA know you can know when something is an anomaly and you know when something is legit and they look legit and they look loose. They look like they're enjoying themselves. Here's the crazy part about that streak of them winning eight straight. They also had another streak of uh, going 11 and one against winning teams. And I think they went up to like 13 and one or something like that during yeah. the streak. And they haven't had KD for several games now, and they're still 8-0, which is another point. If one of them goes down, it's kind of like Hydra, right? <laughs> if one of them goes down, another one steps up to kind of compensate for what the, the person that's not playing, it, hey, I was doing. Harden and Kyrie go together so well. I'm surprised, quite frankly. Harden, the point guard, is criminally underrated. He's able to, to get those assists off to set up shots, and then he creates his own shot. You can't double anybody. There's another kid. I can't remember his name right now. He's stepped up. And really, they have four shooters out there. So even with KD being out, he stepped his game up, and they've been, been able to go on business as usual. On the other side of that, you got the Lakers. AD, I'm going to tell you right now, and I hope this isn't the case. AD's trajectory suggests that it may be his Achilles. And I know they're saying Achilles tendonitis. What I'm saying is they may have him sitting out hoping that a tear repairs. And it's not completely torn, which would require surgery. But the amount of times that they're saying he's going to be out suggests that this might be worse than what they're letting on. And they don't want him to, to basically become KD with the Warriors that last year. Anthony Davis having four months off is why the Lakers won the championship last year. LeBron definitely needed their race, risk too, but Anthony Davis is one of those players that you see, and it's a matter of time before he's out with an injury. Right. And having four months off last season saved them from that. Now we're seeing the Anthony Davis that I was skeptical of when the Lakers first traded for him and why I didn't too much care for the trade in the first place, even though he did what he was supposed to do and that was get a championship. Um, I know Schroeder is out because of uh, quarantine protocols, but he ain't enough to just say that team. They need Anthony Davis out there. He's he's unavailable. Man, they they need help. <laughs> like, 
Um, yeah, it, it is, man. It, I'm gonna tell you, dog. So there's been talk of of, of Blake Griffin, and de- depending on how you fall on on the 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 fan of LeBron James or 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 not a fan of LeBron James, mm-hmm. really molds how you feel about Blake Griffin. Yeah. Um, like I don't Blake Blake ain't dunked in, in two years or something, bro, or whatever it was. Like the man can't dunk a, a goddamn donut right now. And <laughs> you know, that's talk of him possibly joining the Lakers if if Detroit trades him or get rid of him or whatever. And the LeBron fans that I I, I know says, well, you know, Blake. Blake ain't the Blake of old. Blake is just old Blake. And he may be able to help, you know, 10, 12 points, but it's not going to be much of an impact. Those who can't stand LeBron, you get the, ah, oh, he got, he, 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 he needed yeah. other superstar. He need, like, dog, it, <laughs> man, the, the, the dynamics surrounding this, man, it's just amazing when it comes to the amount of arguments and, and, and back and forth. But that being said, them niggas need help, dog. Yeah, dog. A lot of it. A quick. lot of it. Like I this this isn't the the what year was that? Uh versus Golden State where um Love and Kyrie went out and and he had that dynamic that, that that dynamic finals run, they still lost, but you know where he you know was putting up all those points and just just looked like every bit of you know the great player that he was built to be. This year ain't that year, dog. It, it's not, and this ain't it, Chief. Yeah, like like you know people talking about the MVP and every year. For the last, I don't know how many years, 10, 12, whatever, 13, 14. Brown name has been in the conversation for MVP. And honestly, rightfully so. Like, it's been years he could have got it that he didn't. And, you know, you like, he should have got it. Right. But, like, this year, I don't even have him top three. You know, really? Yeah, like it, it's it's just something different, man. Like, and it, don't get me wrong, he's putting up his numbers. Like, twenty, he's twenty five point seven, and you know, eight and seven or whatever it is, which is pretty much his career averages. He's slightly down from last year, but I don't know, man. It's, it's just something seems off this year that I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. In years past, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. But yeah, that nigga need uh, help, dog. Yeah, he need a lot of he need a lot of it. Like, and then the West is kind of strengthening itself again. The Warriors are are quietly good. The Suns are quietly good. Like, I'm not saying those teams will beat the Lakers, but there's some teams over there that would. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely some teams over there that would hang into a, that would you know hand them an L. Then the Clippers, without the expectations in the line, like they're thriving the way they're supposed to be. Like 
that's a series that, by the way, we didn't get to see in the bubble. That if it came back around, the Clippers probably would bounce down. For real. Especially if AD is not 100%. Uh, I'm not going to agree with that until I see playoff P. Oh, God. Lay, P. Layoff P. Do, <laughs> do his thing. Like, it's, it, listen, man. He's, he's, he's balling so right good. now. Dog, let's take a second to talk about Paul George for a minute. He should be. First of all, he should have had a couple rings at this point, which how good he is. He's so frustratingly good and so frustratingly docile that it, it just it's disheartening. He should be every bit as good as LeBron is. Seriously, he should be every bit as good as LeBron is. He should be mentioned in the same sentence with LeBron, Kawhi, KD, and all those guys. Like, I, just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. He should be getting off with no problem. But he's not. He's not. And and when you when you get him in uh, in the biggest stage, which is the playoffs, he 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 shrinks, bro. He just freezes up. I don't, I don't know. Like I don't know what it is. The pressure. I don't the understand. Expectations. I it 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 just confuses the hell out of me, bro. And I like Paul George, man. But until you show differently. You can't expect anybody to feel differently about you. Exactly. And that's yeah. just, you know, it's not a knock on, on Paul George, but again, dog, you can't run around giving yourself nicknames you can't live up to. Exactly. That's the real problem. You you, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Um, speaking of problems in the NBA, man, before we get out of here. Have you seen the the, the, the Jerry, Jeremy Lin situation that's going on? So I heard a little bit about that. Uh, I heard about it on Twitter where they were saying there are hate crimes being committed against people of Asian descent right now, and nobody's talking about it. And I didn't get to go into a deep dive, but then I saw what Jeremy Lin said. So maybe you can bring me up to speed. So basically the G League – is and I didn't even know he was in the G League, dog. Yeah, I did. That I knew about. Like, you know, talking to talk about somebody who went from the top to just out of the nation's consciousness mm-hmm. so quick, bro. But you would think that he would be good enough to be on the actual Warriors that's, roster, that's, though, because he I'm would saying. fit well. Yeah, he would fit well with them to me. But I don't know. I'm not a coach. So. The, the the G League is opening an investigation into uh Jeremy Lin's statements that uh that he had been <laughs> that he had been called uh coronavirus on the court. What during during games. What? Yeah, dog. Um and that's what I'm understanding that the violence against um people of Asian descent in America, that's where they're stemming, stemming from. They're being blamed for, which, you know, you know who that goes back to. Yeah, I mean, when you got the the high, nation's highest office mm-hmm. uh, calling them, you know, calling the Kung flu and, and the China virus. Yeah, like, yeah. 
you know what what can what can you expect like yeah. you know it's COVID-19 the coronavirus and like you said you got uh toupee fiasco talking about mm-hmm. some, <laughs> some Chinese virus dog dude toupee fiasco is fantastic like it, you, you know what I'm saying bro so so I I get it but you know Jeremy Lee was talking about the sentiment that that you know people push back on the idea of there isn't any um anti-asian sentiment going on um yeah. and and you know he he's talking about the the stereotypes of hollywood affecting their psyche and and and, and all of that <sighs> yeah so yeah that's it's sad to hear but go ahead yeah, I, listen, man. As somebody who's been black for forty-two years, I get it. Yeah, I, you know, um, it's man. I I don't I don't like being an asshole, dog. You know, um, but honestly, bro, I, I I really don't feel any any type of way like. It's not something that I've seen, you know, personally. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, he he feels what he feels, and, and I I respect how people feel. I don't. I, I try not to to short change people on on their feelings or their experiences because I don't want people telling me my own personal feelings and experiences aren't valid. Right. Um, my whole thing is like, what 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 can they do? Like you on the court, somebody calls you that, punch his ass in the mouth and, and, and be through with it. Yeah. Like you saw what Miles Garrett did when when <laughs> when Mason Rudolph, you know, according to Garrett, called him, you know, a nigga. Yeah. Like, you say what now? And he punched his ass in the face. <laughs> right. Like if, if if you feel some type of way, then you know, but at, at at the same time, like what 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 are you expecting, you know, to, to to get out of it, especially when you got some of your you know your own having anti, you know, black sentiment and anti Mexican sentiment. Like yeah. it is it is it's gonna be hard for him to drum up support from a lot of people. Right. You know, for being called called that on the court. Like that's some in-person shit you handle, dog. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, to go from that to in this statement, you know, talking about like di- the different facets, you know, of it in America. Like, I, again, I get it because like we fighting the same fight, man. What I don't like is people taking the Black Lives Matter movement and everything, and kind of like, so are y'all gonna act the same way about you know, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, you got these these races like uh, see, black people aren't the only ones that's going through stuff, and that's what I don't like. But I hope that you know the the investigation, if it yields something that's actually there, I hope that it's dealt with. It's dealt with, and and um, I feel you know assuming Jeremy Lin is telling the truth, which I think he may be. I, I feel for him, and 
and just being a black man in America, I want justice to be served. However, you know, however that's measured in this situation. Right. My my whole, you know, my whole thing is like what I've been seeing with this in the last day or two is like, listen, don't you you can't compare being called this on the court to what basically amounts to public lynchings with with you know what we've seen with yeah. with the cops and black folks and like I'm sorry man but we are not the same. Yeah, there's no, there's levels there's levels to everything. And I'm not discounting you know what you're going through. Um but I mean I, I just like I said man I've been involved in situations where somebody's called me nigga and it you know it was on site. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, that that's that, that's my um that's my advice for them. Next one, do it. You know, let them know. Yeah. And, and, and move move on. <clears throat> so what I think we know he there was something else that we talked about before we, we press record here, man. Tell me what Adrian Bronner is up to. Just like you you kind of concede to me when it comes to the NBA, I concede to you when it comes to boxing. So what's going on with them? So listen, man. Mr. A- Can man. A B, he he been out the game for two, three years, man. Uh last time he, we saw him, he was on the he was asleep, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you know, Pacquiao slap him, I forget who else slap him. Then, you know, he went to court and and the judge slap him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he had a comeback fight, man. And dog, um he won this fight. Okay. C- congrats to him. I watched that whole fight, man. And I could see how he could have won uh, because he he actually from like maybe round seven, seven, eight, nine, ten, possibly eleven. He he boxed. He 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 showed flashes of the old Agent Broner man. First six rounds he was just docile, wasn't punching. Mm-hmm. I think dude had like a four to one punch ratio on Broner. Dude was you know tearing his body up. Later rounds, Broner came back, but the problem was the, the the scorecard, dog. Like they they had this man unanimously winning, and one scorecard I think was like one seventeen to one ten. And when I tell you that was that was one of the biggest head scratches I've seen in a long time, <laughs> dog. It's so bad that other boxers was like, "Come on, bro." Come on, Showtime. Come on, Damn. you know, like uh, Boxing has had a problem for so yeah. long, man. Like, dog, him him winning that fight in the manner in which he did was just a a black eye, in yeah. my opinion, uh, for boxing because, like, he 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 um. He was fighting a dude, Santiago, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember his name. But I mean, this is like a fridge dude. This wasn't yeah. somebody who who uh yeah, Santiago, Giovanni Santiago. 
he he wasn't somebody who you would think is this. We, we give Adrian Broner considering his history and, and his mm-hmm. accomplishment any type of problem, even with the layoff. Yeah. Uh, he was a fluff fight. Yeah, like, dog. Santiago landed 207 punches. Broner landed 98. And the scorecards is 117 to 110, 116 to 111, 115 to 112. Hmm. And and uh, I, I I just I just don't get it, man. And leading up to the fight, you know, they Bruno did his rounds interviews talking about you know he's changed and and he's you know he stopped drinking, he's concentrating on boxing, and he's all about making his comeback and getting himself right and yada yada yada. And you know, I was like, hell yeah, I'm I'm glad to see that because. I, I'm a fan of Broners. At least I was, you know, a, a huge fan. Soon as he win, he get to the interview desk. <laughs> My boy said, tonight we popping bottles, having sex, and cashing checks. And I said, damn. <laughs> He's still there. This nigga still there. He's still there, man. He's still there. Like, we talking about prime time, nigga. A.B., bruh. Well, I think we got robbed of a of a AB Floyd Mayweather fight though. I just wanted to see the shit talking leading up to it. And how that was gonna be. God damn. Listen, man. Uh Floyd would have destroyed Broner. Oh yeah. Easily. Like it's a journey. <laughs> yeah. Like and and and, and Floyd. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, I've i said this a long time now. Um, I think if if Broner would have, it seems as if he wanted to be more like Floyd than being himself. And I think that's what got him. Even in his last fight, man, you could see elements of Floyd trying, you know, trying to counter punch and rather than, you know, attacking and using his jab and, and, and all of that, he was trying to be a counterpuncher, dog, which I don't think he really is. Mm-hmm. But uh, <sighs> it it was a terrible decision. Yeah. yeah but he's, he's a bigger name, supposedly a bigger draw. And, and you know, he... Uh, It wasn't. It wasn't a, a, even a big, big fight, man. Like yeah. to be it, doing all that, no. Yeah, it was like only a, almost three hundred thousand viewers to this fight, bro. Yeah. So he got a he got a long road ahead of him, man. I I, I hope he stayed the course, and he's only thirty one years old, so he he can he can still go four, five, six more years, possibly mm-hmm. longer. Right. We see Pacquiao, long as he got his head on, man, which. I hope he does, but like I said, when your first line is we popping bottles, having sex, and cashing checks, <laughs> the outlook ain't that good. I don't know, bro. I just don't goddamn know. Now, um, oh, speaking of not knowing, bro, um, Tiger had had an accident, bro. And from from the pictures of it, it's amazing that he survived, man. 
Like it is, man. It is. He only got out with what? Some compound fractures or something yeah. like that. You know, with, with the leg injuries. Uh I read a you know article that said that the, he he survived because he was wearing his seat belt and how solidly constructed or whatever the vehicle he was in was. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> bro, whoever whoever the vehicle maker was, if I'm them, I'm paying whatever I got to pay to 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 get him involved. Like I'm I'm taking full advantage of this, and and you know I, that's that's the capitalist in me speaking, but like them saying this, was, the beast. yeah, th- them saying that was like the biggest form of, of advertisement you could ever get, bro. Right. You know, it saved, it helped save the life of one of the biggest stars ever in history. What I'm, what I'm going to just hop on real quick with this is, and, you know, I'm glad Tiger's safe. Let me just start by saying that. Oh, yeah, that, that's the only reason why I'm saying what I'm saying, because yeah, he, yeah. it's not life-threatening. Is it, are we in a situation where we, we're really having a question if whether he plays again? Because not only is it leg and a compound fracture, for anybody that doesn't know, that's when the ball breaks to the point where it pierces through the skin, which is, that's rough. But the multitude of back surgeries also makes me just question like, okay, is he gonna bounce back from this? Cause he was already, you know, he was already in a questionable state as it was, but with these injuries, man, I'm, I'm just not sure about it. And then the thing about the back is you, your back never really gets better. You don't fix a bad back. But along with this, I, I'm just not sure about his outlook as far as playing again. Now, according to, according to him, um, uh, a source said that that he is determined to get back to the links, dog. The source said that Tiger said that he doesn't want his career to end like this. So if there's any way at all that he can continue playing golf, he will, unquote. So, I mean, he's all, he's already fixated on on getting back. But like you said, you know, with with his back being what it what it is, and you know the fact that he has rods in his legs and screws in his ankle and in his foot, and like the recovery time could could, could possibly be like an Alex Smith situation, man. Yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. Year and a half, two years. I mean, granted that Alex Smith playing a contact sport, so him taking longer is understandable, but I don't know, man. Um, I would love to see it, but at, at this point with his injury history and the severity of what he just went through, it would not shock me if, if Tiger was, was, was out and, and maybe, you know, hit the senior circuit one day and just, you know, playing sparingly throughout the year. I just don't see him being tiger, tiger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, me neither, man. Me neither. And it's 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 sad. Um, 
I actually I need to watch the the documentary that HBO did. Me on, too. I heard it's really good. Um, but like when you look at the golfers that are coming up now, like they look at them as some kind of father figure. You know, like he's the reason why a lot of people got into golf. He's the reason why black people got into golf. To be honest with you. Yep. Um. I hope he bounces back because it'll be a hell of a comeback story. And I'm all for a, a comeback story. Uh, but it, it's just, it's, it's not a good look right now. I, I'll openly admit that. Yeah. Uh, again, man, you know, uh, we wish you the best, Tiger. Speedy recovery. Um, Absolutely. I personally, I personally hope to see you, you know, back being a competitive you know, golfer back to, you know, winning and and I I hope he can come back get him two more majors, yeah, and really yeah, just too. solidify it all. So, you know, that's 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 what it is, man. Um, we we've reached you know probably my favorite part of of every conversation, man, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is what we like to call. The culture shot, um, and I, I'm, I'm gonna let you uh, kick things off with. Well, now you know what I, I want to start this with, man. Go ahead. Um, my mine is 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 gonna be short and, and sweet. Um, there's this this sentiment in in this country, man, about how black athletes suggest. Stick to sports. Laura Ingraham pretty much coined the phrase, I believe, and, and made it a part of the lexicon. Shut up and dribble. Um, I hate that shit. I, I honestly do. Because what I don't understand is these people feel like somebody who's a, a celebrity athlete who pays millions and millions and millions of dollars in federal taxes and state taxes because they pay a tax wherever they play at. Um, they have no right to talk about politics and the nature of politics. And, you know, like, I, I just don't understand that shit, man. So you got a AC Milan soccer player in, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I really don't care if, if I'm being real. If you know, Zaylatan, uh, Abram, Abramovic, or whatever. Basically, he 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 feels a certain way about LeBron um, speaking about politics. You know, he said that. You know, LeBron is phenomenal at what he's doing, but I don't like when people have some kind of status. They go and do politics at the same time. Do what you're good at. Do the category you do. I play football because I'm the best at playing football. I don't do politics. If I would be a political politician, I would do politics. First of all, you sound fucking stupid. Uh, And then he goes on to say, that is the first mistake people do when they become famous and they become in a certain status. Stay out of it. Just do what you do best because it doesn't look good. Bruh. 
He is absolutely ridiculous and, and insane. And like I said, man, they, they feel like we should just shut up and dribble or shut up and throw the football or shut up and, and hit a baseball, you know, shut up and act. And as long as we are entertaining or, or preparing food for them or, or doing whatever makes them feel comfortable, there's no problem with it. And for all of you who feels that Bron and others should just shut up and do whatever it is they do, you can go straight to hell. I can't stand y'all at all. That's all uh, I got. Dog, I'm with it. I'm with it. So just to, to get into um, some of the things that I noticed, uh, one of the things that when, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter movement started, I started, we got to the point where we saw all these companies um, aligning ourselves, uh, aligning themselves, I'm sorry, with the movement and the one concern I had was how many of these companies are going to be genuine? Like whether they're genuine or not, as long as the message is getting out, I'm cool with that to an extent. Uh, but I wondered how many of them would be genuine and what was it they were doing. So I said that to say uh, Hulu is coming out with a Mike Tyson limited series. Uh, it's supposed to go through his life and his career. And, you know, they're hyped up about it. And Hulu has this tagline, I believe it says, telling black stories. They advertised, or not advertised, but they came out with their intention to do this limited series uh, during Black History Month. That's well and good. I'm all for seeing docu series and things of that nature. The problem is Mike Tyson did not sign off on this and would not be receiving any compensation for it, according to Mike Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson also already has a document, uh, a documentary or a, um, a docudrama coming out about his life and Jamie Foxx is gonna actually play him in that film. And Mike just went on to say, we have nothing to do with this project whatsoever. And the fact that Hulu used the Telling Black Stories tagline to put this out there shows that they're taking advantage of a uh, uh, of a culture or a climate, a cultural climate that you know, I mean for money purposes or whatever. They don't actually mean what they're saying about telling black stories. To which I say, you know, if that's the case, which I, I certainly don't think Mike Tyson is lying about, you know, not having anything to do with the project, I agree. It's exploitive and it's something that that companies, and I think we're gonna see more of, you're seeing that they're putting black faces on their products for profit and not for purpose. And that's something that we gotta we gotta be mindful of. We need to push back against when we see it as a whole. And we need to support the actual black voices whose stories are being told without them. And to me, it's unacceptable um, to have these companies try and come in and just make make money off of a movement that was very serious and still is very serious. It's very problematic. And I encourage my black brothers and sisters not to support those causes. And that's all I got. Right, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it just had I think uh, I just read it yesterday. But yeah, it's a it's a new situation that's going on, and and they're going back and forth with it. By the way, shout out to Netflix. Um, when they had their you know black voices situation with Dave Chappelle, and Dave asked them remove my show because Comedy Central has not been paying me for it with these streaming services, and they backed Dave Chappelle. And that was enough to get Comedy Central to come back to Dave and do the right thing. They they settled for some undisclosed amount, but now uh, Dave Chappelle's show is back on Netflix. And I like how they handled it because they do have the black, you know, telling black stories or the black stories collection on their thing. And they kind of practice what they're preaching. They're saying, okay, it's not right for you guys to not pay this man for his work especially given how important it is to the culture. And they backed him up on what he wanted. And uh, it's now back after they settled. But I want to see what Hulu is going to do after this because Mike completely uh, dismissed the limited series, because mainly because of compensation. Well, they they will be getting my, my viewership. Even though I love Mike Tyson, man, like I, I won't be watching it. And to your point, when you was talking about it, that situation with Dave was was running through my mind. So I'm glad you did uh, did bring that up. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I can't rock with that, and I like Mike as well. And I just can't rock with that. Right. Well, hey man, as always, man, it, it was it was a pleasure going uh, talking about some things, man. You know, keeping people up on, on what's going on in sports through our, our lens, you know, how, how we feel. And it's always, man, it's, it's, it's a pleasure, bro. I enjoyed it. Man, same here, same here. It's always good. Um, before we get out of here, Judas and the Black Messiah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, it very well acted. Dan Kalua and, and uh, Lakeith Stanfield were fantastic in that film. Snowfall has returned on FX. I know you're waiting till season four is finished to binge watch season three. Dude, when I tell you, this is this is one of the best written, best acted stories on TV right now. And before we get to the whole, you know, this spoiler alert, before we get into the Fed talk, just look at how we got there. Because I know you haven't seen you know, season three. Just right. look at how we get to that, and then we'll we'll come back and talk about it. We may that, even do like a fair. special where we talk about snowfall sometime. That's that's fair. That's that's I I, I can rock with that. Yeah. Well, as always, folks, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to like, shares, and follows. Uh, we thank you for all the support. And we ask that you continue to support us, man. Continue rocking with us and, and with the hopes that we get bigger and better. So, with all that said, on behalf of my co-host, Mr. Jairus Thomas, on behalf of Black With No Chaser Sports, on behalf of Black With No Chaser as a whole and subsidiary of no one, on behalf of myself, TK, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we look forward to seeing you guys on the next go-round. Y'all have a good one. Peace.